A very good morning to you. We're just going to try on making sure there's no feedback on anything. Is that working? It's great to see you all. Do smile at me as I'm up here. It's nice to see smiling, fantastic, smiling faces. Are you happy, Liz? Ish. All right. Well, if anything changes, I will change. It's good to see you all this morning. Lovely to be here. Way back, if we can cast our mind back to January, um, we had a leaders meeting and I had a word in that meeting. And that word has been reverberating in me. And today I felt like I, need, I want to share that word and a bit more than I didn't share at the time. So why don't you turn with me to Joshua. Joshua 4, 19 to 24. But before I do, let's pray. Oh, Lord, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you in our lives again this morning. Lord, do your will. Speak to us. Come and, come and be with us. Let us abide in you. Lord, speak to every single person here, Lord as only you can. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan he said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do the stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Just to bring you up to speed, the Israelites have been wandering in the wilderness for the past 40 years and had been anticipating and dreaming and hoping for this moment that whole time. The moment that they would step into the land God had promised them. Just, just as God had parted the Red Sea, so now the Lord has made a way for them to cross over the Jordan and into the promised land through another demonstration of God's faithfulness, power, and presence. They have camped for the last time in the wilderness and now find themselves on the other side of the Jordan in a land that they have been dreaming of for a generation. A land filled with hope and promise, but one that was new and unfamiliar to them all. 
And so they camp at this place called Gilgal. And for the people of God, Gilgal marks the start of the new future hope. The place marks the fulfillment of all they had longed for and prayed for. Gilgal is the threshold for a whole new chapter in all their lives. And my sense from the Lord at this time is that here at Southwest London Vineyard, we find ourselves at our very own Gilgal. The Lord has brought us safely thus far. He has brought us through the wilderness challenges of the past few years. And many of us have been through our own individual, collective wilderness. We've all been through a time of profound testing and challenge. So many of us have been dealing with the difficulties of deferred hope unresolved questions, loss, grief, and so much more. And now we find ourselves at this place called Gilgal, a place of fresh beginnings, a place of new hope, a place of promise. But we're not naive. We know there are still battles to be fought, And yet our sense is that things are about to change. Something new is stirring in us all again. The signs are all there. And many of us are sensing the same move of the Spirit. God's hands always upon us. So let's take a look. So the people of Israel have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And for many, they've been waiting a lifetime for God's promise to be fulfilled. They'd frequently messed up. They'd often get things wrong. But they'd been anticipating and dreaming of this moment for years. The moment that they would step into the promised land. And so as we pick up the story, they have crossed into the Jordan and spent their first night camped in the land they've been dreaming of for a generation. An unfamiliar place, but a place they called home, Gilgal. Now have a look at verse 19. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And for the people of Israel, Gilgal is the beginning of the future. And this morning, I want us to look at Gilgal. It feels as though God has brought us through our own time of extreme testing in our own wildernesses. We've all got stories from the recent years when we feel like we've been through a time of profound testing, deferred hope, brokenheartedness, unresolved questions, and more than our fair share of mess. But there, there's this sense, despite being in unfamiliar place, despite being on an unfamiliar path, that things are stirring, that things might be about to change. If we have eyes to see, There are so many signs of things 
springing up. And you will have all your own stories of that. But there is a sense of God is doing something new. They're all the stories from last year's Dreaming the Impossible, a youth event that gathered thousands of young people to encounter the presence of God. New wine, which many of you have been attending, has seen wonderful moves of the Spirit of God over the past two years. I've watched from home because of COVID, but as people like John Tyson and Amy or Ewing has shared the most incredible insights from the Bible. But most of all, the hunger of God was palpable. And then there are the conferences like wildfires, which again are seeing these wonderful moves of the Spirit. And David's tent, where 10,000 people just gather for 72 hours of nonstop worship. That is where you'll find me at the end of the summer, at David's tent, worshiping the Lord. That's, for me, such a non-negotiable thing that I cannot miss. Worshipping the Lord, King of Kings. Then there are things like Kingdom Come and more and more churches across the nation and the world are gathering together and getting filled, getting involved and praying. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then there's 24-7 prayer and all that's happening there at Waverley Abbey and the partnership with Everyday Jesus, which is incredibly beautiful. And then there's what's happening in Asbury, where college students have been coming together to seek God's face. And we've just been hearing of these wonderful stories of the sweetness and goodness of God in the midst. There's this wonderful story stirring of palpable and tangible hunger and thirst for God across denominations, across all kinds of churches, in all kinds of places. A coming together of all kinds of different streams and networks, people coming together to worship God, the living God. Gilgal is a place like that. Gilgal is a season like that, a place and a season where people are hungry for God. Gilgal represents the season ahead. For the Israelites, it's all about the new journey they're about to embark upon and their territory being enlarged. For us, I believe it marks a time for us to enlarge our territory. And just like the Israelites, who I'm sure didn't feel ready for all that was to come. We often don't feel ready for when all that we've longed for in the wilderness starts to happen. Because it's as we cross these borders, it's as we enter these moments, the choices we make are important because they set the trajectory for the new landscape. And it is a new landscape. That's the story of Gilgal. For the people of Israel, this is the moment for a significant change. Everything is changing. Their geography is changing. They are leaving behind the wilderness and the barren desert and have crossed the Jordan and they're stepping into the promised land. 
Their theology is changing. In the wilderness, the people of God were led by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. But now as we enter this new season, this new land, all of that changes. The tangible and visible manifestations of God's presence, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire are no more to be seen. And so they have to learn to hear God in a new way. And over the years of being the church here, we've seen time and time again that when the seasons change, God speaks to us in a new way. God shows up in a new way. And sometimes we've experienced his presence here in a powerful and visceral ways through these these days of power encounters and healings and deliverance all the way through to the many and varied manifestations of the Toronto blessing. But we've also encountered God through the quiet and the stillness of his presence in other seasons and other times. And now, and now, as we enter this new season, we look to God to be present in our midst, perhaps in a new way, perhaps in a different way. The one thing that endures is no matter how God's presence manifests. He is always, he is always and has always been with us. He doesn't stop speaking to us. He just speaks to us in a new way for the new season. But not only has the geography and the theology changed, so too has their economy In the wilderness, God provided them everything they needed. Every single day, they would come out of their tents in the morning, and there was breakfast, manna on the ground, always just enough for the day. And now as they come into the promised land, the provision of manna stops, and they're going to have to learn new skills. They're going to have to learn how to thrive thrive being in an agrarian economy. The culture is changing at every level. Even their identity is having to change. Up to this point, they've been nomadic people, going from place to place, led by the Spirit of God, setting off each day and campaigning each night, and camping, not campaigning, each night. But now as they enter the, new, the, the land, they are being called to be warrior people. As they step in to take the land, the the Lord has given them. Not only that, but their leadership has changed. Moses, who brought them out of Egypt and led them through 40 years of wandering and grumbling and worshipping and false ideals, just handed over, has handed over to Joshua. Joshua, this young warrior, who's been set apart by God, take them on the next stage of their journey as the people of God. So basically, everything is changing for the people of God. And we too are in a moment when once again things are changing. 
were slowly but surely emerging from a global pandemic, the likes of which have not been seen for generations. And we've landed straight into the middle of a cost-living crisis where people are struggling just to make ends meet. On the global stage, there is shaking and uncertainty and fragility in so many places. In Ukraine, Russia, China, the United States, Europe. And yet, in the midst of all this continued uncertainty, the Spirit of God is on the move. In Iran, the followers of Jesus are under terrible persecution, and yet I believe it to be the fastest growing church in the world. Here in this country, only a few months ago, the Queen's funeral was watched by 4.1 billion people. The gospel was preached, the scriptures were read, prayers were prayed, and over half the world's population took part. In the midst of all these uncertainty, the Spirit of God is on the move. And there are just three more things I want to pull out about Gilgal. And the first is that Gilgal marks a moment of commemoration. Have a look at verse 20. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. They take these 12 stones from the Jordan River and set them up at Gilgal as a place of commemoration, a place of remembering. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he had dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Remembering is at the heart of the Bible, and remembering is at the heart of our worship. Jesus says to us in 1 Corinthians 11, as often as you drink this cup, do this in remembrance of me. It can be so easy to forget all the good things the Lord has done. It's far easy to remember our trauma and our challenges. The body holds the score. But it's in the remembering that we find faith for the future. It's as we worship that we bring to mind all that God has done and all that God is and our faith is strengthened. We find faith for the future by remembering the things that God has done in the past, no matter how small they seemed, and then determinedly choosing to celebrate them. Remembering our acts of corporate worship is like pouring oil on the flames and our faith bursts 
into life. It's in the remembering of God's faithfulness that faith grows. It is in the remembering of God's goodness in our lives that we find faith for the new season ahead. It's as we gather as the church in worship. It's as we gather as the church and celebrate the Lord's Supper, as we're going to do in a few minutes, that we remember the story of God. Each and every one of us has a story, the faithfulness of God, even in the midst of challenge or difficulty, because because faithfulness is God's nature. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Every time we come together as a body, we are remembering the story of God as we celebrate what the Lord is doing. Jeremiah 6 verse 16, this is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient past. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. It's by bringing to mind all that he has done. It's as we remember his faithfulness and that he has brought us safely thus far. It's as we remember the birth of the church in Acts as we move into Pentecost. It's as we remember the cross. It's as we look at the ancient ways, the enable and equip us to step into the future. So when we find ourselves in a moment of Gilgal, It's a time of commemoration. It's a time of remembering. It's a time of worship. But it's also a a moment of consecration. It's a time to set our hearts towards the Lord. Back in Joshua 3, 5, before they crossed the Jordan River, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. After they crossed the Jordan and set up camp at Gilgal, the whole nation was circumcised, Joshua 5. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. Now, while we may not need to be circumcised This is an Old Testament picture of consecration, of devotion. Again, this is a picture of worship. In Romans 2, Paul writes this. A person is not a Jew who is one only outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is, is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. And so this is not about the practice of circumcision. But it is about an act of worship, an act of consecration before the Lord. And again, as we find ourselves at a place of Gilgal, it is a time for us to worship. 
So many times we want to rush as quickly as we can from the river of Jordan to Jericho, from wilderness to warfare without waiting and preparing our hearts. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things. Gilgal becomes a place of worship, of remembering, of sacrifice, of prayer. They cross over the Jordan, the same river Jesus would be baptized in as they came into the promised land. And as they pass through into this season, it is like they are being baptized, born again. No wonder Gilgal becomes such a key place in their history. And the moment they consecrate themselves, the moment they come before the Lord in surrender and worship, the shame of the past rolls away. Gilgal means to roll away. Joshua 5.9 Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. There is a rolling away as we consecrate ourselves to the Lord at Gilgal. I believe we are stepping once again into a new season as a church. I believe we have gone through our wildernesses and it's time for us to step into the promised land. We have been through our wildernesses, a time of testing. But if we are in Gilgal, this is a moment to consecrate ourselves to the Lord and invite the Spirit to come amongst us as we gather Consecration is about becoming a people of the presence. The people of the presence of God. The people of God who carry the inbreaking of the kingdom of heaven into the world. And lastly, Gilgal represents a place of commissioning. Commemoration Consecration and commissioning, Joshua 4.24. He did this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. The battles they have yet to face are not going to be easy. The promised land may well be ours, but it will be contested. I do believe we are in a new season, a moment, a moment that will be a threshold moment for many. And I believe the Spirit of God is calling us to play our part in wooing a generation to faith, to play a part in extending the kingdom of God, to play, let us play our part together with others in lighting such a fire with the gospel under the church of Jesus Christ, that it begins to spread like wildfire. Matthew 16, 18, 19. I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. We look back. It's important to look back. 
We look back so that we go forward with renewed faith and grateful hearts. We place our 12 stones as once again we are overwhelmed by his faithfulness. We celebrate all that he has done and we look forward with renewed faith filled with his Holy Spirit. And so as we look to the future, let's take a moment in this place to remember, let's commemorate all that he has, all that has gone before as we remember God's faithfulness and goodness. Let's use this time to consecrate ourselves as we seek his face once again and his righteousness. And let's be a people who, empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit, go into all the places the Lord has sent us as we see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.